We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. What is up, Packers fans? Welcome back to another edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast, a Victory Week edition, a 4-in-1 edition of Pack-A-Day Podcast. My name is Jacob Morley. You can find me on Twitter at Jacob Morley. Um, I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Packer Report's very own Ross Uglum. You can find him on Twitter at Ross Uglum. Ross, happy Victory Tuesday to you. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. This is actually the first Pack-A-Day podcast uh, broadcast from the Green and Gold Media Studios. Uh, we just, I, we're, my wife and I are expecting in April, and I got thrown out of my office. So I took the rather large uh, storage area that we had underneath the stairs, and I put, I, I've, I've created quite the studio. And, and I'm really, really pleased with it and pleased with the uh, audio quality that we've been able to Produced for some of our North Dakota State stuff and really excited to bring it to Pack-A-Day. Yeah, man, you sound great. You really do. I was telling you this off air, but like you came in through, you sound just like a, you sound just like a sultry, like broadcasting dude. And you know what else, you know what else is really good, Ross, is the injury news that the Packers got today on, on, well, really one guy in particular to just kind of jump right into the show here, but that guy is, you know, Darnell Savage, who has really been 
everything the Packers have expected of him and maybe even a little bit right. more. Um, he's, uh, he's, he doesn't come off the field. He, he, he's great in the slot. He's great deep. He's great. I mean, he's just, he's been such a, a refreshing dude, but you know, he got rolled up yesterday. It kind of looks scary. Um, so it's one of those injuries that you kind of hold your breath. He didn't come in at all in the second half. So you're kind of thinking, all right, you know, here we go. Uh, at least I was, you know, just kind of with the Packers injury luck, especially with their young studs. They always seem like they just have poor luck there. But in any case, good news there. I know Ian Rappaport reported today that the it's, a, it's an ankle. It's not as serious as maybe they thought it would have been. Um, there's probably there's no timetable on it right now. Um, we won't get that. And, you know, Coach LaFleur has really been uh, very close lip on injuries. You know, I think his kind of go-to line so far this year has been, you know, the injury report comes out when it comes out. And so we'll get more about that later. But all signs are indicating uh, that he is not uh, seriously injured. Um, I don't know what his availability will be this week, but uh, it would appear that it's not a long-term thing. Um, the other guy that really that got dinged up was Kevin King the the standout corner um who's been playing really well this year this third year things seem like they're really coming together for him ross uh just kind of still dealing with the injury bug and he actually he dinged up his knee on that interception that he had uh, he downplayed it after the game there hasn't really been any update as far as what he's dealing with there but after the game he said he was fine um and as, really ross as long as he didn't you know re-aggravate that ha- or the growing injury that he's been dealing with uh, he, he should be fine. I think he's going to be all right. And then obviously the other big one um, was Corey Lindsley, who is in the concussion protocol. Not going to know anything about him uh, with, with head injuries. You really just don't know. Uh, he could be back next week. He could be gone out, out three weeks. I mean, honestly, those are, those are touchy things that, you know, everybody's different. So uh, obviously things to monitor as we go through, you know, this week when we got another divisional game coming up with the Detroit Lions coming to Lambeau Field Monday night. Uh, but Ross, do you have any any thoughts, opinions, concerns about those injuries or anything that I missed? Uh, you know, the the Lindsley thing I think is concerning just because, you, like you said, it's a head injury, so it's it's touchy and it's honestly it's not to be screwed with. Those kind of deals are are very serious. I mean, they're legitimate. They're brain injuries. That's what they are. So uh not something that you really want to to mess around with at all you know you you want to have everything on the up and up there as far as king uh, he finished the game you'd have to assume he'd be good to go and you have to be pleased with the savage news hopefully that extra day to get ready for Monday night football kind of you know has him uh ready to go there was a significant drop off in play from uh, Savage to Will Redmond, you saw some of the prayers downfield from Dak Prescott get answered, and maybe, or maybe they don't get answered with Savage kind of roaming uh, back there. But a lot of deep stuff got answered late for the Dallas Cowboys with uh, with Redmond patrolling, and, and and obviously the corners and in the Ezekiel Elliott case, I think it was Rashawn Gary, but. The corners and linebackers and, and nickels have to do their job as well, but you could definitely, definitely tell uh, that you know Savage was missing uh, when he was missing. So, so that's a big one. Lucas Patrick, I think, is is fine, um, especially as a pass blocker, which is kind of what matters uh, when you're 
really worried about stuff. Of course, you'd like to run the ball well, but protecting Aaron Rodgers is a number one. Yeah, and that's kind of leads me to what I was going to ask you next is, let's say, you know, Lucas Patrick, you know, who is? He's a third-year pro. He's he's started in this league. He's played in this league. He's a good backup, you know, as far as interior offensive linemen go. He's a guy that I feel pretty comfortable with out there. But uh, it, would you, you know, there, there have been questions about Elton Jenkins. Would you move him to center with Patrick back to guard? Um, you know, I'll answer my own question. I would say no. I think that's crazy. But, uh, Ross, what are your thoughts on that? I know that's kind of been thrown around a little bit. Yeah, I have no idea, or I have no desire to do that either. Uh, I don't think it's it's in the best interest of the team, especially when you see how well they are are playing up front. Uh, you, you just don't mess with the Jenkins. I think you stick him at left guard and leave it alone. Now, if Lane Taylor was available, which he's not, but if he was available, you could definitely talk to me about having Lane play left guard and Elton play center. I think that's maybe something that makes a little bit more sense, but Taylor is at least out for another seven weeks, probably not coming back this season. So I I don't see it. I I don't, I don't think it's even worth the discussion to start flipping guys because, you know, maybe you think you get a little bit more out of Patrick at guard. It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. And so that kind of brings me into the next segment that I wanted to do for this game. And I want to call it just under the radar stars. And these are guys that maybe are not getting a ton of pub in the media when you talk about, you know, the two Aaron's, obviously Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers are going to take, you know, the spotlight on offense. And then on defense, it's Ben Smith brothers, you know, all day, every day, twice on Sundays, which is fine. They deserve it. Um, But obviously this team is winning in ways that are beyond just Aaron Rodgers, that are beyond Aaron Jones. And quite frankly, their defense is playing better largely because of the Smith brothers. But there's a lot of guys that have been stepping up when they've been asked to. And two guys that I really want to highlight um, are are the, the two guards in this offense is Elton Jenkins and Billy Turner. And you talk about running the outside zone scheme. Two reasons they brought in, you know, they brought in these guys is because they're big and they can move. And I think last week you saw, you know, such a great example of these guys getting to the second level and just making life. I mean, they, you know, Aaron Jones made life miserable for their inside linebackers, but in part, he was able to do that because Elton Jenkins and Billy Turner did such a good job of getting to the second level in this outside zone. Um, Ross, what are your thoughts on the play of these two guards throughout the first five weeks? Well, I mentioned something along those lines and, and really pointed out kind of the, uh, the dichotomy of the play because I thought Billy really struggled in pass pro uh, and, and I wasn't uh, I wasn't alone in that opinion but his run blocking was excellent and and all of Elton Jenkins play frankly was excellent and I thought Lucas Patrick did a pretty good job in the run game yeah what you what you you know what you want to see is a little bit more of a, a balanced effort and and maybe Rogers not having to make so many plays moving around and manipulating the pocket. And they have had games like that, you know, this season where Rodgers has had time to just sort of sit back and chill. Yeah, and I think you look at this offense and and what Matt LaFleur wants this offense to do, and I think we're kind of seeing a shift in philosophy um, that Packers fans, quite frankly, we need to get used to it because I think this is a a team that they're not joking when they say they want to run the ball. 
And you saw it last week. I mean, Aaron Jones, four rushing touchdowns. I mean, gosh, how many times did he touch the ball? He carried it almost 20. He's seven catches. I mean, the guy was the focal point of their offense. And that's kind of the give and take with Billy Turner is when you ask a guy to pass pro, like, yes, you want him to be able to do that, but they want to be able to run the ball. And Billy Turner has been fantastic in the run game. Uh, I think he he's yeah, he's left something to be desired in the past in in pass protection, um, but kind of like what you were saying off air, Ross. If he's you know allowing one pressure, two pressures a game, and and dominating in the run game like that, that's 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 a fair trade off for me, especially if if they're trying to do everything through the run game. Now, Elton Jenkins has been stellar on pass pro and and run and run blocking. I mean, you think about. You think about this guy played center at Mississippi State, and when he was drafted, I think a lot of people were scratching their heads saying, what's the plan for this guy? And, you know, hats off to Brian Gutenkist and, and Matt LaFleur. They had a plan for him. They wanted to play him at guard, and he, it didn't take him long to insert himself into that role. And, I'm, I mean, he's pretty much entrenched in there. If his first, you know, two or three games are any indication of what type of player he can be and what type of player he wants to be. Just look at the Minnesota Vikings, Ross. You think they would trade Garrett Bradbury for Elton Jenkins straight up right now? I think they'd be crazy not to, you know, the way they, these two guys have played. Uh, you know, uh, Garrett Bradbury has taken almost 30 picks higher uh, than Elton Jenkins, and they look like two completely different tiers of players so far in this first quarter of the season. So I think the Packers. Yeah, that one makes me sad. I had. Uh... Somewhere around like forty two, forty three, I had Bradbury one slot ahead of Jenkins in my in my uh, rankings, and it may it's right now it makes me look like an idiot. Uh, the anchoring thing, I think, is something that can be added later with Bradbury, but Jenkins just looks yeah. like a more complete yeah. player. Right he looks now. just stronger, heavier. I mean, he you talk about anchoring and just not getting walked back, and that's Garrett Bradbury. You know, he did that in college, and he's so far he's because I really like Bradbury coming out. I mean, I think. That's something you look back on and, you know, you always try to learn from your misses. And, and, and listen, Garrett Bradbury's five games into his professional career. He can figure it out. That's for sure. But you look at stuff and say, you know, maybe did I fall in love with Garrett Bradbury's athleticism and kind of look over just the fundamental aspects of playing into your offensive line in the NFL. And that, that might be something I did and definitely something I want to keep an eye on looking for. But um, under the radar stars, two other guys uh, I wanted to highlight on on defense. Ross were the two secondary guys that really stepped up, and you talked about Will Redman already, and he definitely you know he wasn't perfect yesterday, but when you talk about a guy that can come in off the bench and give you good snaps, he looked like a guy that one he played really well in special teams, led the team in tackles, special teams tackles yesterday with three, uh, played that option beautifully from the safety position yesterday as well. And he held up for the most part in in coverage. There were a couple big plays that you could probably attribute, or maybe not attribute, but just hope that you know when Savage is out there, he makes those plays. But you know, Will Redmond is on his third team. He had kind of the devastating knee injury, so you look at him and say, "This guy's got great draft pedigree." I think he was a top fifty draft pick or top one hundred at least, and he's dealt with some injuries, but he looks like a guy that might be getting settled in to that can finally kind of have a home and say, you know, this is my role on this team. I'm going to play lights out special teams and I'm going to come in and hopefully just have to play spot duty as a safety. But, you know, here's another guy that the Packers look like they might have 
might have a might have found something here with Will Redmond. Um, and the other guy, Ross, and I'll, I'll let you speak on on him because this is a guy that really played well with, and and that's Chandon Sullivan. He's a guy that he was the top graded defender on Pro Football Focus. His coverage grade was very good. It was borderline elite status, and he's a guy that you know. Uh, he didn't play just 11 snaps. It wasn't just five snaps. I mean, this guy played 30 plus snaps yesterday. He played a good chunk of the game, Ross. Um, so what are your, what are your thoughts on Chandon Sullivan um, and what he brings to this team and, and maybe what we can look for moving forward? Yeah, I, that was something that I really thought was, was kind of interesting just because I didn't, I didn't think of Chandon as a nickel. Uh, granted, I'm not saying that I watched a ton of, of, uh, you know, Eagles film or, or any of him in college, but I always thought, especially with his size, that he was probably a, uh, an outside corner. That was not how he was utilized, uh, at all on, on Sunday. He was almost, I, I think he was exclusively playing inside unless, uh, maybe, Tremont played a little bit of nickel with Chandon on the outside because I think Tremont was pretty much following Randall Cobb uh, around. But I got to tell you, um, I was impressed, and and I'm really excited. I mentioned uh, this in the film review piece that's up at Packer Report right now. I'm excited to see him uh, on the All-22. I want to see that wide angle because you, you can't always track defensive backs on the TV copy. The, the camera angle in Dallas is not necessarily helpful or hurtful in that way, but I want to see uh, him play in, play out, because you're right. He did get a really good grade from Pro Football Focus. They're pretty good at recognizing coverages, recognizing responsibilities, and kind of getting you in a place where you can accurately figure out what's going on with these defensive backs. And I thought he made a great play on the ball in his interception, but I don't remember – him getting victimized. And that was something that was uh, apparently happening while he was in Philadelphia, but definitely was not happening during the preseason with his time with Green Bay. And he just makes, you know, he did it all training camp, just made plays. And he really, you know, if that one uh, Will Redmond interception is not overturned by the penalties that were, you know, really away from those two guys, but he made a great play on that ball too. And uh, if you're talking about that, you know, if that play stands up, you're talking about Chandon Sullivan potentially being the defensive MVP yesterday coming off the bench. And another another narrative that's kind of floating around is, you know, did Chandon Sullivan come in before Josh Jackson? What's wrong with Josh Jackson? Is he is he a bust? Is he this? Is he that? Um, Ross, what are your thoughts on that as far as snaps played? Did Shannon Sullivan come in the game before Josh Jackson? I don't know. I mean, I'd have to take a look at the at the player participation report, but you're talking about 37 snaps for Chandon and 34 for Jackson. Right. Uh, what, what, and so, I mean, here's the deal. is You just didn't see a ton of Jackson because they're playing him off the ball. They're playing him at, at safety or, you know, occasionally they're lining him up like he he had some uh, Jason Witten duty, and he, you know, like I said, thirty four snaps to thirty seven snaps. I'm not I'm not mad about thirty four Josh Jackson snaps. Uh, I think he's just kind of getting his feet under him because the other thing you have to remember, kids, a, he's a second year, and I'm not making excuses for him. He's a second year pro that didn't get to play in camp. You know, he had 
he had no camp and, and we're only in week five. So I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I'm not stressed about Josh Jackson. Um, I kind of a personal rule not to get stressed about anybody until after year three, but you know, this is, it's 2019. You can't have patience. Yeah, and I, you know, I think it's important to note too. And I like that you mentioned the snaps. Cause I think um, a lot of people were concerned because they thought he just wasn't out there at all. And that's like you pointed out, that's not the case. I think they just were using him in a different role than in that kind of in that slot corner, which I think a lot of people expected him to be, you know, the next man up in that slot corner. But I think the Packers, you know, Will Redman was dinged up this last year. So they weren't really maybe sure who was going to play that third safety role. And I think maybe, you know, and this is me just kind of spitballing, but I think they potentially maybe thought Jackson was going to play that role. And so that's really where he was taking his reps all week. Um, no idea, but that's that's kind of just me reading the tea leaves. Um, Ross, anyone else that you kind of want to point to as guys that maybe have flown under the radar so far this season, but they've really helped this team be a four and one team? Uh, you know, not not necessarily. One guy that I, I think needs to be pointed out is just how much of a stark difference there is with Montrevious Adams in the game. Uh, they really struggled to stop the run against Philly. And uh, even the week before that wasn't particularly great. Uh, but this is, you know, a, a situation certainly where the best running back in the league per, you know, most everyone with an opinion really did not have a, a, a fantastic day. Or at least you look at what uh, a guy like, Jordan Howard did to them, and then you extrapolate that and you start thinking about what a guy like uh, like Zeke might do to them, and it just it didn't go down that way. And I'm not giving all the credit, certainly to Montrevious Adams, but he uh, he's definitely the 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 what was missing and what's there now. You know, that's the yeah, and they did he, look he's a the lot difference different with him on the field. And what's interesting to me with that, and why I think it's always like I. I, I love pro football focus. I think people that follow me know that because I'm a big nerd about stats. I just like looking at things like that, but you can't, it's not the be all end all. I've also said that you have to take it with a grain of salt sometimes. Cause you look at like Montrevious Adams is a great example of that. He has a terrible grade. He is the second lowest graded defender per pro football focus with a terrible run defense grade. But the 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 difference in the Packers' run defense with him on the field and when he is not is noticeable to the naked eye, and so I think you know that stuff's interesting. So sometimes you just got to trust your eyes, um, and that does kind of go with the whole. You know, a lot of people like to point out, you know, Pro Football Focus doesn't know what the, the defensive call is, and they're right, they don't. And so um, you know, maybe Montrevious is being asked to do kind of that dirty work where he's not gonna. You know, he's not going to be shooting into the, the backfield and making plays and doing this and doing that, but he's kind of just, you know, eating up blocks if he needs to and letting guys run around and make plays. So uh, I, I agree. I think he's an under-the-radar guy that is definitely worth monitoring going forward as well just because um, I think he could be just one of those kind of lunch pail type dudes. Uh, next, I want to talk about, you know, I tweeted this out today, and I, I really do believe this. I The is still – it's so early – in Matt LaFleur's career that it is tough to make any opinions one way or another, but Ross, don't you just feel, I mean, you can, I don't, 
and, and it's tough to gauge feelings, but don't you just feel like the Packers got a good one? I mean, he, just the way he's come in, the culture of this team, the way these guys are playing, I don't know, man. It, there's there's something so so much beyond just X's and O's of being a head coach in the NFL, and I think that's so hard to gauge. And that's it's like it's like drafting drafting a kid out of college. You don't really know what they are or who they're going to be until they get into that role. But early returns on Matt Lafleur have been I, I, wild. I don't. I would not have guessed this team is going to be four and one after five weeks. And I think a lot of that you have to point at Matt Lafleur and what he's been able to do with the culture of this team. Um, Ross, what do you? What are your thoughts after five games of the Matt Lafleur era? I mean, I think especially if you compare him to his contemporaries, and I did that in a tweet today. Uh, Handsome Matt is four and one. The other five rookie head coaches are four eighteen and one. So, you know, like I said, just compared to his contemporaries, I think you really have to uh, feel like they got a winner in 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 Matt Lafleur, and, and he was a guy. And and I'll admit, you know, he was always second on my list. Uh, I, I liked. Um, Josh McDaniels and and then you know I well originally I wanted Lincoln Riley as I think everybody else did but Matt Lafleur was always like number two on my list and a guy that I thought would really fit well and and learned kind of at the feet of the right masters and I, I, you know I I don't think there's anything right now where where you would say that uh, you know you you made a mistake I mean right and, and it's way too early to tell. But uh, it's it's an important uh, it's an important thing to get right. Obviously, yeah. And I think you know, it's the direction in the future. So much trend. was made of the narrative. You know, this was you know the, the Eagles game was really the first bump in the road for Matt Lafleur. And how is he going to respond? How is this team going to respond? And I mean, they went into Dallas and play and blew the doors off a playoff caliber football team. And how, is there a better way to respond? I mean, golly, like that's, that's impressive. You know, that's, that's very impressive. Now, um, can he go, you know, keep it going now? Can, can he, as, as Mike McCarthy loved to say, can he stack success? Can he continue to do that? I mean, it, it's tough to feel like the, like the Packers haven't been almost kind of stealing wins at the beginning of this season. And now things are kind of starting to, you know, the tires are kind of hitting the ground and they're starting to pick up speed and they're four and one and they, they, their best football is in front of them. And so that, you know, the prospect of that is, is exciting. It's very exciting. Um, so I think, you know, it, things are looking up in green Bay and, you know, knock on wood and a lot can happen. The season is long and, you know, we could be sitting here, you know, in, uh, you know, in February when someone else is playing in the Super Bowl and thinking about where things went wrong and all this, you know, and that. So definitely, you know, enjoy, enjoy the wins. They're, they're fun. It's fun to be rooting for a team that is on the winning side of things. We had, you know, we're as weird as it is, as it is to say with an Aaron Rodgers led team, you know, Packers fans, we haven't really been here in about, you know, two and a half years, just where you can go into a game and expect your team to play well and to, and to be fun to watch and, and win a game, you know, so that's, that's fun. I'm certainly trying not to take that for granted. Uh, even though they're winning in a different way than I think a lot of us are used to seeing, uh, it's still fun to watch a team win. So uh, with that said, you know, looking ahead to Detroit, Detroit is one of those teams, Ross, that 
are they good? Are they not good? I mean, it's it's tough to tell. It's it it kind of see, seems like Detroit. Their style of play is they want to just kind of muck everything up. They want to muddy the waters and they want to kind of drag you down and see if they can keep you down and then kind of get the last blow-ins. So it's they're an interesting team. So I want to ask you two questions, Ross. One, going in or I'm sorry, going into the Detroit week where they come to Lambeau on Monday, what are you confident about and what are you worried about? Uh, you know, I, I'm confident in that I think Green Bay's got the better team. Uh, confident in that it's a home game. Confident in that they last uh, lost the last home game, and that they're going to be playing with a with a purpose, knowing that this uh, this insane run of constantly being at home. <laughs> I think it was five of six or something like that. But this insane run of being at home uh, is going to come to an end, and they're going to have to win road games. And I think they want to bank this one. Uh, this one home game against um, th- th- this one home game against uh, Detroit, a-, a team that they should beat. They're going to want to bank that, and they're going to want to get a win, and they're going to want to move forward. I think to uh, to then Kansas City, but the uh, the 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 issue that I have, or the concern that I have, I think would definitely be with, like you said, the style of play. I mean, uh, Darius Slay. He he wants to get in Devonte Adams' face. Uh, they they want to get in your face, and they're good up front. They're good in the corners. They have the uh, certainly have the abilities to get uh, get it done defensively. And then you know Matthew Stafford does wild stuff late in games, and has for his entire career. And that's I think where you are are just concerned and, and honestly I think this is a Lions team that's beaten Green Bay four yeah. times in and a is, row. Is so Mike Daniels healthy yet? Ah, uh, that's a good question. He had a foot uh issue. Um I know he definitely signed with Green Bay with the you know hope of uh of of playing against the Packers. So I would guess that he'd do anything that he could to to, to play against Green Bay, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I I don't know for sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, and that's, whether or not that's he's definitely back. something I know to monitor, especially if you got Lucas Patrick playing center. Um, and you, know, I just think of last night or Monday. So, sorry, Sunday night's football game when you watch the Chiefs play Indianapolis and you see, you know, Justin Houston come into Kansas City and leave his, you know, leave his fingerprints all over that game. You know, to these and Justin Houston is a guy to me very similar to Mike Daniels, just a pro's pro guy that's been, been there, done it, been good for a long time, just has a ton of pride. And he's a guy that, you know, that, that, that's what worries me is just seeing, just watching him wreck a game because he's so motivated. Uh, so I think, and, and, and that, I mean, man, Ross, the Lions interior defensive line is, they got some dudes there anyways. So um, that's what I'd be worried about, but I, I agree with you as far as being confident. I do think the Packers are just their better football team, and uh, they've been finding ways to win, and hopefully they can continue to do that. I think this is a team that if they win the turnover battle, they're going to win the game, and Matthew Stafford is one of those guys that he'll give you chances. And if they capitalize on those chances, I think they come away with this game with a win. Um, but other than that, Ross, I think that pretty much covers it for us today. I hope you guys uh, enjoy the – the new look, new sound that Ross is bringing to you from his um, Harry Potter style under the <laughs> under the stairs studio. 
If you don't have anything else to add, I think I'll get us out of here. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, go Pack Go! class athlete or a podcaster like me we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance that's why i'm excited that unified healing is sponsoring this podcast unified healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by energy enhancement system or ee system if you haven't heard of the ee system you'll want to listen up this technology promotes wellness deep relaxation purification and rejuvenation at hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.